Welcome to the Washington Church Toledo Podcast. Together, we are learning to encourage one another to walk with God through cultivating a personal relationship with Jesus the Christ. This podcast consists of recordings from our Sunday morning worship services and other teaching events that you are more than welcome to come join us live. I just want to uh, share just briefly this morning, um, since we have the kiddos in here, we're in 1 John. If you have your Bibles, open up to 1 John with me. 1 John chapter 2, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, verses 2, uh, 3 through 6. Uh, all right, I need a mic. All right, before we get into this, I have a question for you kiddos. So kiddos, if you can uh, hear me, raise your hand real quick. Okay. All right. For those of you kiddos who are in here, how many of you guys have a parent that is really passionate about a sports team? Raise your hand. Okay. How many? Over there? All right. Okay. I got a question for you. We'll start over here with the Koval clan. All right. How do you know that your dad is really passionate about a sports team? What does he do or what actions does he take that, that show you that he's really passionate about a sports team? He yells at the TV. Okay, he yells at the TV. Okay. We don't wear red. Okay. Do you, do you have one? No? Any others, Jana? Yeah, you got another one? Um, he's corrupted Jacoby so that whenever he sees the color red, he goes, boo. Okay. I, I've also seen your... Your dad wears certain colors and like regalia, yeah, like that. Even though today's Sunday, Jason, not Saturday, but that's okay. Okay, so clothes we wear, yelling at TV. What else? How many? You guys said you have a, a dad who's passionate about sports. What? What does he do? How do you know? He will literally come out and tell us that something is on, like sports are on on the TV for some reason. Okay, so he's in there watching, tells you, wants to get you involved. What else? Mom yells at games. Oh, a your lot. mom yells at Way games. Way too much. Your mom, not your dad. And she says she won't watch him again. You can hear she... it from the other side of the house. Okay. Who else? You have one? Okay, tell us. How do you know that your dad's a passionate sports fan? You got to lean in close. Basically, whenever his team, like, gets a really minor flag, he gets really, like, angry. He, he, he gets really angry. He yells at the TV as well. Okay. Okay, so, there, so what I'm hearing you guys say is, is that there's certain ways that you, like, identify whether somebody's a sports fan, right? And we know this in our culture. If you follow sports or you're passionate about sports or other things, it doesn't have to be sports. It could be other things. That, you know, we put the clothes on. We sit down and we watch TV. We, go, we buy expensive tickets. We go to games. We, there's a commitment level that's there, right? We have an opposition with the other person that maybe we don't agree with or other team people, this or that. Okay, that sounds good. Now, kids, I want to ask you another question, and this is not just for um, those who have parents who are sports fans. This is for, for anybody. How do you know if somebody's a follower of Jesus? They are, like, very nice, and they help you a lot, and sometimes they may offer to pray for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. What else? What else? Yeah. Gina. 
A lot of times if they're a follower of Jesus, they'll, like, read the Bible a lot or, like, they'll ask people, like, hey, you want to come to church with me? Yeah. Good, good. What else? What other kiddos? What are other examples? Anybody else? Yeah? Grace? They won't do a lot of things that other people do. They won't say different words that other people use. Okay. Yep. Their language is different. How they act is different. Yeah, good. Okay, it may not be like a t-shirt they wear, although some people might do that. Okay, what, what I want to do is I want to share with you this morning of what, in 1 John, what John says that Christians or believers or followers of Jesus are like. Okay? Listen to, to what God's word says in, in 1 John, uh, chapter 2, 3 through 6. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. But if anybody obeys his word, the love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus lived. And so John goes through, and I just want to point out some things, and then, and then we'll, uh, we're going to have communion together, um, and then we'll, we'll sing one more song, and we'll be done. He starts out by saying, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. There's, there's something interesting about that word know, because uh, the Bible wasn't written in English, it was written in another language, and if you've ever studied other languages, and I think all of us, if you're American, you have to, at some point, you know there's variances or, or, or words mean different things. But this idea of knowing something is a deep, intimate knowing. And for John, as John is talking to the church that he's writing to, he's essentially saying to them, hey, if you know God, it means you have this covenant relationship with him through his son Jesus. Because that's the only way to know God. Okay? The only way to truly intimately know God is through Jesus Christ, the resurrected Christ. And he's, he says, man, if you know God, then you have that. You have that connection. At some point, you've surrendered your life to Jesus. And you've, you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this is why that's fascinating. In the culture that John is writing to, it was overrun by the Roman Empire. So the Rome was the dominant culture at the time. It was the dominant powerhouse in the world. And in that culture, they had all these gods that they worshipped. And those gods that they worshipped, you could never know for sure where you stood with them. You never knew. So you'd go to the, these temples and you'd worship and you'd make sacrifices, and some people even sacrificed their own children to, to hope to appease these gods. But you could never know for sure whether or not you're, you were connected to that god, whether or not that god cared about you at all. <clears throat> the entire religious system was set up on keeping the, that wrath of that god out of your life and out of your household. And then John comes along and he says simply to the people, he says, you can know that you know God, through relationship with Jesus, which in that point was absolutely profound, because nobody thought like that. Nobody had an understanding. Everybody, no one had certainty whatsoever in their life that they could know that that was true. And John says, you could know that it's true. And then he says, you could know, and those who know, obey. They have obedience. And in that, that word obedience is a, is a, is a packed word, and, and uh, a lot of Jesus' the way he taught and, and the way he would have taught John, who wrote the, 
the epistle of 1 John, he spoke Hebrew. And obedience in Hebrew means, is the word Shema. And we actually read that in, in, in uh, Deuteronomy 6. That's where it starts. Shema, Israel. It says, in the translation in English, it says hear. But Shema means to, to hear, to listen, and to obey. That's what Shema means. It's the only word in, in the Hebrew language that is the word for obedience, is Shema. So what's fascinating about that, in the Western culture that we live in, <clears throat> we have this understanding that if I tell you something and you think you get it, you feel okay with it. And the way we test that is I give you a piece of paper and I ask you a question. If you can write down the correct answer, then, then it shows me that you know that. And that's, that's, how, that's, our, that's our teaching system here in America. Welcome to America. There it is. And if you have a good short-term memory, you do well. Or, and I didn't have a good short-term memory, so I struggled all throughout school. I had lots of tutors. But in the mind that wrote the scriptures, the Eastern mind, obedience is the same as action. So if you're told something and you do it, then you understand it. But if you're told something and you don't do it, according to the scriptures, you don't understand it. Let me give you an example. This is uh, not an uncommon uh, scene at, at our house. You can ask Reed about this. Um, my wife's away on, on retreat this week, which is awesome. I get to pick her up, and I haven't seen her all week. She flies in uh, this afternoon. I get to pick her up and then come back for encounter night, which I'm excited for. But um, that means I can talk about her because she's not here. Um, on Sunday afternoons or, or on my days off, maybe Saturdays or, or sometimes on Mondays, it's not uncommon that, that I'll be doing whatever and then I'll sit down to take a break, turn the TV on, and she'll come into the room and she'll ask me to do something. Okay? How many wives can identify with what I'm about to say right now? Yeah? And, uh, and, I'll, and I'll be like, yeah, sure, no problem, I'll do that. And I'll just keep watching TV. And in my mind, I have every uh, intention to do it. But not necessarily right away, you know, because I'm in the middle of something. Well, in, in her mind, that's not obedience. And that's actually not even listening. And, and if I'm honest, I, I sometimes forget that she asked me later on and I forget to do it. So I, I usually have to apologize for that. But there's an expectation that when she walks into the room and she asks me something, that I'll actually get up and go do what she asked of me. And if I do that, she feels loved by me because she feels like I heard her. And because I got up and did it, she felt like I actually understood what she asked me to do. It's the exact same way with the Lord. When the Lord asks something of us or he gives us his word that, and he teaches us all kinds of amazing things, but if we don't do them, we don't get it. And he says, Obedience is the same as action. Obedience is to hear, to listen, and then to obey. And if you don't obey, then you didn't hear. And it's, it's literally John says, it's not in you. Okay? He goes on to say in, in the next verse, um, verse, verse 4, Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in that person. 
Now, this, this same word in here, know him, is a word that has an understanding of, of it, happened, it happened in the past and it continues to happen in the Greek language. And so what John is saying is, hey, there's people that, that go around and they claim to have a relationship with Jesus, but they're not doing what Jesus asked them to do. And so they say they know him, but in reality, they don't really know him. And how do we know that they don't know him? Because they don't do what he asks of them. And he said, that's the key. Because if you really know him, you're going to be doing what he asks you to do. Because that's what obedience is. And then he says this mind-blowing verse, and I'll end with this. Verse 5. But if anyone obeys his word, the love for God is truly made complete in them. Now, I, I left this in there. Do you see the, the, the funny A after God in these parentheses? That means the translators didn't know what to do with it. Okay? And you'll see that in your English Bibles. Um, if we had time, we could bring out the Greek and I, we'd go line by line. But essentially what John is saying here is, in my mind, absolutely mind-blowing. This is what he says, literally in the Greek. If anyone obeys his word, the love of God, this is the creator of the universe, the one who made you, the one who made me, the one who made everybody, the love of God is made fulfilled or complete not just in you, but period. So in other words, what John is saying is when you're obedient to God, when you do what God asks of you, when you obey his commands, when you obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit, when you do that, the very love of God is made whole and fulfilled and complete in the action of your obedience. I know I don't get it either, so you're, you're in the right place. But hopefully we can slowly move towards it. But what I'm saying to you is this. Every time you, you have that action, whatever that may be, it doesn't matter. The love of God is being manifest and made whole right in front of your eyes. And before that moment, it wasn't. And after that moment, it is. It's not a lacking on the love of God part. It's that God wants to partner with us as human beings to make himself known to the world. And later on in the Gospel of John, and this is, this is the last verse I'll share with you guys. He says this, John 14, 21. Whoever has, commands, whoever has my commands and keeps them in the one, is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So not only when we keep the commands of God... Is the love of God made known, but literally the presence of the Father is with you in that moment. And Jesus is made known to you. Why? Because oftentimes the requirement to, be, to keep those commands means you have to step outside of yourself in an act of faith. And when you do that, you tangibly see Jesus in front of you. Because the only way you're going to fulfill it is if he shows up and does it, just like Peggy was sharing. It might be your hand, but everything else is the Lord's that happens after that moment and before that moment. And so, Washington Church and those who are visiting with us, what I want us to realize is the power that we have in the act of obedience. So what is it that makes a follower of Jesus? Somebody who keeps his commands. How do you know that, that you're a, a Christian? Well, Because you're obedient to God's word and what God says. And if you're not, then it's not in you, and you don't get it yet. And this is not, like, please hear me say this. This is not a religious obligation. This is not, okay, I, I gave my life to Christ, or I grew up in a, a Christian home, and therefore I'm a Christian. 
and, and so I have to do these things. This is an overflowing as a result of your relationship with God, the love of God flowing out of you in response to that, you want to be obedient to his commands. Because you begin to realize it is the best way to live my life. And we think of it as offense or we think of it as restrictions when we're young or we're immature or we want to, because we want to do this or we want to do that. And we don't realize that actually God has the best plan in mind for us. And if we would just listen, our lives would be so much better and so much more full. And so it's an invitation for us to recognize it and, and for each of us to sit and to say, in what area of my life do I need to be, start to think about what is God asking of me? And am I being obedient? Am I doing what the Lord asks me to do? Because if I'm not, then I really haven't heard. Jesus says, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about, did you hear what I said? He's, sa he's saying, when you hear what I have to say, it's such truth and such life that it naturally leads you to action. And if it doesn't lead you to action, then you really haven't heard what I have to say. And so as you open the scriptures and read, as you interact with the Lord in prayer, as you live your life, can people around you tell you're a follower of Jesus? Can they tell in the same way that you wear a jersey or a shirt or, you're, or you yell at the TV? Or are you as passionate about your following, your relationship with Jesus as you are about your team that you, that you root for? But how do we know? We know that we are believers by the fact that we keep the commands of God. That's what John tells us. And that's the invitation for us. Thanks for listening. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at office at washingtonchurch.org or go to our website, washingtonchurch.org.